Hey guys, just before we get into today, today's show on the full 10 yards, just a word of warning that the sound is a bit funky in segments on the show. Had some few technical issues, but we tried to work our way through it. Should all be resolved by the time we speak to you next, but uh, yeah, please enjoy the show and here we go. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards, where every yard counts. Welcome into today's show. Good one in front of us here today. We're going to be looking at some crowded backfields and some crowded wide receiver cores and break them all down for you, see which ones are fancy relevant and which ones to avoid like the plague. And to do it alongside us, as they always are, the three amigos are here for you. Rob, Lee, welcome you in. Lee, good weekend. Yeah, yeah, really good actually. Yeah, um, bought some stuff for the house, bought some plants, bought some lamps, very good for an orientated uh, weekend. You can tell there's no sport on. Football's finished, NBA's finished. Obviously, in the midst of the football season. So, yeah, that's why I was doing all that. And, Rob, how are the Greens treating you? Uh, the Greens are good. Um, like Lee, I also had a house weekend and we put up some picture frames and sorted the baby's room out and sorted the spare room out. So, yeah, what equals sort of chores, isn't it? And, uh, <laughs> Uh, bring back the sports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, any of you watching the Women's World Cup? Um, no. I'm, I'm not. I haven't, to be honest. No. no okay. not, through, not for any reason, but just, yeah, too busy doing other things. I'll be honest, right? I, I love the fact that it's grown, the sport, and it has grown. But I tried listening to the England-Scotland game the other day when I was driving, and I must admit, I had to turn it off after about, 15 minutes because the commentary was diabolical and you know I'm glad that it's taken off and I'm glad that it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger but there's still a few kinks that need ironing out for me before I start watching it uh, properly leave leave Jonathan Pierce alone oh, I said who it was do you know who it was actually it was it was actually a five live comedy it was Pat Nevin he does my nothing <laughs> There you go. Um, anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, I meant to say actually, Rob, um, we're a bit of, obviously being a golf uh, a golf nut yourself. I went. I went. To, my parents came up for the weekend, uh, all the way up from South London, uh, up to to Bonnie Wee, Scotland. And we uh, took them to St Andrews. Lovely. Yeah. Very nice. Saw the golf course. It's quite nice. Little, the old quite course. Nice or, the, place. or the new golf. The old one. Yeah, the old course is lovely. I've, I've never played it, but as a greenkeeper, we um, we the course in England for free. Mm. So. Nice. Um, we, the, the lads and I are, are planning a trip up to Scotland to do a couple of courses and St Andrews has been mentioned, but I think you have to book like way in advance for the old course. Yeah. Um, I believe it's like a lottery to play on there. So we'll see. It'd be nice. When you just, we just talked about, did you mean every, uh, court in England or did you mean Britain? Sorry, Britain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Britain. I was just thinking yeah. that you have to pay if you, never mind. Yeah. Uh, Scotland, <laughs> they're still attached to us. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm still attached to you boys for a little while. I don't have to pay for international calls just yet. <laughs> but, uh, we, long. we shall see. Let's move, let's move, let's move on. Let's move swiftly on. Right, okay. Um, yeah, what's, what's on the show today? So, yeah, a bit of news and notes. Uh, quiz, as usual, we managed to tie uh, Anthony Wood down from last week's podcast. If you didn't check that one out, go and check it out, where we talked a bit of Houston uh, and all the rest of it as well. But, yeah, we've got Anthony to stay on and do the quiz, so that should be quite interesting for you listeners out there. We're going to be talking, like I say, wide receivers and running back some crowded backfields and some crowded wide receiver cores to break it all down and see who you want to be doing. And then at the end, 
like we usually do, we'll do a bit of full 10 yards uh, housekeeping. But a bit of news, not really much news over the over the last couple of days since we since we last spoke. And also, by the way, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, at full 10 yards on the Twitter. Um, yeah, loads of stuff going on, including Britball, uh, first Britball pod on Monday. Hope you go and enjoy that. That was a really good uh, talk to Sam where we talked about the uh, Britball, where Manchester Titans handed hand with Phoenix, their first loss in the regular season for a couple of years. Uh, 35 game win streak there coming to an end. So go and check that out. For Big upset. Yeah. Well, let's kick the show off first down. First down. A couple of bits of news. Uh, Todd Gurley has an arthritic component to his knee. I mean, I've got some other components to my knees, but maybe not an arthritic one. Um, I don't really know if there's too much newsworthy notes to be here. Julio, uh, Julio Jones and Michael Thomas likely getting new contracts soon. Um, Casario, uh, the um, New England, uh, which we say GM, shall we say? He pretty much is, isn't he? Um, that, that's all taken a bit of a, a funny turn, isn't it? The uh, Patriots playing, playing, playing hard to get there with that one. Um, so, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on that one. Uh, also, premature. It's, it's premature to expect Miles Sanders to be the running back one in Philadelphia. Um, I think that's probably a bit too late. I think everyone's jumped on that bandwagon in fancy football. Uh, and talking of <laughs> jumping on bandwagons, Mike Williams bracing for an expanded role in the Chargers offense. Lee, what, uh, are you a Mike Williams buyer? Uh, yeah, would be, definitely. Obviously, we've not got entire Williams' uh, sort of interference anymore. Uh, and obviously, he's coming off an 11-touchdown season where he was much better than his first, and, and I only see the arrow pointing upwards. So, you know, it's kind of a 1A, 1B situation at the moment with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So, yeah, I think, like I mentioned last week, the only person who sort of comes into the mix there is Hunt Henry. Um, but I don't think he'll be taking too much uh, sort of time away from Mike Williams because I think they can all coexist together, the three of them. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. They were, we should and see. Uh, someone who won't be getting an expanded role for the first two weeks is Chris Herndon. He faces a two-week ban. Is that um, performance enhancing drugs? Uh, not sure. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed either, but it was... Because I heard that. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I didn't read really, it. I just saw on Sleeper that it was Chris Herndon is potentially facing a two-match mm. ban. Yeah. Two match ban. Right, OK. That's the news. Not a lot happening in there. Uh, I suppose, guys. So let's get uh, let's get into it. And let's look at the uh, the crowded backfields and the crowded wide receiver calls. Okay, time to look at some running back committees and some wide receiving calls that are maybe a bit murky and see who can rise to the top. We we'll start in the Bay Area over in San Francisco. We have Tim Coleman signing over the offseason, coming over from Atlanta, where. Pretty much flat to deceive, but they did have 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, problem was, though, it was the volume had only 168 attempts on the ground as Ito Smith somehow managed to muscle his way in. But that wasn't didn't, didn't deter San Francisco from paying him 8.5 million over the two years where he joined Jared McKinnon, who was the smash move last season. They didn't play, obviously, due to injury uh, to an ACL before the season started. Uh, talking of injuries, Matt Breeder, the epitome of questionable each week last year, and uh, he also joins the one for Cluedo fans, Colonel Mustard and Jeff Wilson, obviously a bit part players there who had who, who flashed in, in, in spots last season. Um, but it, was, it really was a, everyone's welcome to the backfield job in San Francisco last year. Uh, so whilst this is a minefield for Fancy Lee, uh, what, what do we make of their backfield? Is it going to be lots of different patches making up the blanket, or is there going to be a guy that's going to get maybe 40, 50, 60% uh, of the work? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be, um, yeah, like the definition of a committee, really, I'd say. Um, you've got three guys who have had all had success in their own right. Uh, obviously, we've seen Kevin Coleman have success under Kyle Shanahan. We've seen Matt Brader last year have a pretty good season in that system. 
and um, obviously they signed Jarrett McKinnon for a lot of money. So I think, yeah, they, they're all going to get a fair share. Um, they're going to ride the hot hand and they're going to see sort of what situation fits the player. Because obviously they've got, they've got a little bit of difference amongst them. Uh, they're not all the same. So yeah, they could just sort of uh, play it by ear and see what, what suits best, really. Yeah, obviously with with the, the state obviously of the Forty Nineers backfield, uh, Rob, there's probably there might be a bit of value to be had. Kevin Coleman currently going six oh nine, six six round back at the sixth round in uh, four point PPR leagues. Jeremy McKinnon uh, start mid mid ninth round. Matt Breeder, I think is absolutely still there in the back of the thirteenth round. Uh, I think he's the most talented guy there in that backfield. And Colonel Mustard and Jeff Wilson probably going to be playing uh, Cluedo somewhere. So someone's going to die in some room room with the lead piping. But uh, what what do you what do you like fancy wise? Is Matt Breeder the value? Uh, yeah, absolutely, he is uh, Matt Breeder for for me is uh, looking at my rankings uh, PPR. He's actually just a nudge ahead of the other two. Uh, they're very close. Uh, one's at thirty seven. Uh, that's Breeder. Then uh, McKinnon at forty and uh, Coleman at forty three at the moment. So they're, they're very close together. But I think they all have their defined roles. I think Matt Breeder is more of the, the ball runner. Uh, you know, he he's, he's good at rushing the ball. Not so good in the receiving game. Jarrett McKinnon. The opposite, he, he's a receiving back because if you look at his stats from his Minnesota days, the, over the four years, he, he never rushed for more than 570 yards and never had more than three rushing touchdowns on a season. So he's not really a rushing kind of guy. Uh, Receiving-wise, he's pretty good. And then you've got Tevin Coleman, who's kind of the mix between them both. He can rush the ball, he can receive the ball. So I think there is three defined roles ready to be taken up in that offense. But for fantasy purposes, it's very hard to distinguish which one to have on your fantasy team uh, just because there's going to be you know, so many pieces you're, ne- you're never going to be sure which which player is going to going to take the ball and run with it excuse the pun but, uh, <laughs> but for, for me Matt, Matt Breeder is worth a lottery ticket at the end of the drafts uh, because like I said I think he's the best pure runner of the ball especially in standard leagues yeah absolutely I, I think the, the, the backfield here is obviously one for, for best ball and obviously Carl Shanahan's good at uh, maximising the talent that he has on his roster when they are fit obviously injuries played a big part last season not only at running back but quarterback as well so some of that will tie into Jimmy Garoppolo uh, being able being available for 16 games as well but uh, we shall we shall see uh, let's move over to, uh, to Southern California LA Chargers uh, Melvin Gordon for, typical first rounder in drafts this season uh, has been obviously for the last couple of seasons, but battled battled Nichols last year. Only played the twelve games. Uh, did have over five yards per carry, fourteen touchdowns, ten of which were on the ground. Uh, quality, quality back. But uh, Lee, is, it, is this the year where we see Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler? Who, to be fair to Austin Eckler, probably see uh, had an increased role last year. And there's, a, there's a defined role for him. Uh, but did they, did the both of them take a bigger portion of this pie in Los Angeles? It, it definitely could be the case. I'm not saying it will be the case. Obviously, like you said, Melvin's the top quality back. He's going to be. Uh, he's you know he's it's in front and centre. He's going to be in the driving seat and any of the cliches that I want to come up with <laughs> while I'm recording this. Um, it's, but yeah, I think Melvin's in a contract year. Um, he wants big money, rightly so. And you know whether the Chargers will pay that is a different story. Obviously, we've seen Melvin's injury history as well. He's only played one full season. Um, you know the running backs are just by rule, by general rule of thumb, they take a big battery anyway. So you know if if Melvin's sort of health suffers again then you could see an even bigger portion of the pine for Justin Jackson. I think he's going to be one to benefit. I do think Austin Eckler's kind of that change of pace back. I think he's always going to be that number two, as we've just been talking about with Tevin Coleman and all the guys who we've just been talking about in San Francisco. Um, 
So yeah, I do see a potential for Justin Jackson to sort of come to the fore a little bit more. Obviously, he missed time of injury uh, last year, but obviously towards the end of the year showed that he's worth. So yeah, I definitely could see... I'm not going to say it's nailed on, because obviously Melvin's still a great player, and hope hope he stood say, even though, you know, like I say, he's in a contract year. But um, yeah, there's definitely a potential for it to become more of a committee than a lot of people expect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Justin Jackson will go undrafted in most, uh, you know, in, in probably nearly all leagues. Um, he'll probably be a waiver wire, wire pickup during the season like he was last year, Rob. Um, so I suppose he's more useful from an NFL standpoint rather than a fantasy football uh, standpoint. But Austin Eckler, he's kind of ADP, he's not the back end of the ninth round. Um, could call him Theo Riddick 2.0. Is he, is he still the value in PPR? Obviously, I was, I was quite high on him last year in the double digit rounds. Um, but, or is, is the ninth round about right for him? Yeah, he is a bit of a value, to be honest, because you know when you've got a guy who, who can uh, run at 10.3 yards per reception and he's receiving sort of an, his career average over the season is 34 receptions. So, you know, there's a guy that's definitely usable in your teams. And if Melvin Gordon goes down, all of a sudden you've got a guy who's probably going to, you know, get, what, 15 to 20 carries a game, potentially. Um on the flip side to that, I do like Justin Jackson, and I think that if Melvin Gordon was to go down, and I's peeled for a article coming out really soon, which is be my part two deep sleepers, because Justin Jackson will be in there, uh, mainly because of of what Lee said about you know, can the Chargers trust Gordon fully? Um, is he going to make six, sixteen games? As Lee said, he's done it once in his career thus far. Um, yeah, so Justin Jackson could be a deep, deep sleeper and a potentially usable uh, guy in, in deep leagues. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. It's a uh, big fan of, of Austin Eckler and I say, yeah, did, did pretty well in, in PPR last season as well. So it's uh, just to see the dynamic there in the charges. I mean, it's not necessarily a committee. It's just quite an inter- interesting dynamic point. I think it's something that I quite fancied. Uh, I think it, it, it will definitely bore down to an interesting committee if Melvin Gordon goes down. That would be, that'd be one to, to pick apart for sure. Yeah, then we'll be talking about Detrez Newsom as well. Yeah. Who's the fourth back. There you go. Uh, okay, let's move on then. So let's move over to Denver. Yeah, staying in the AFC West, Royce Freeman. This, people seem to be buying some tickets to this train. Uh, his, his current ADP is the back end of the eighth round. Uh, I'm not quite sure I can buy that. To be quite, to be quite honest, I know he's got a little bit of bars and uh, he found it hard to get going. He didn't know how to find the end zone. But uh, obviously, Philip Lindsay was the story last year of, of you know kind of undrafted free agent and. Um, Storming to the tops, uh, winning people fantasy fantasy titles. Um, Richard injury obviously stopped him in his tracks. Lindsay currently going and um, start of the fourth round on, on the ADP scale. But so yeah, this is a very interesting one. Especially there's going to be a lot of hearsay, I think, because uh, you've got the dynamic of Lindsay, you know, still coming back from injury and you know taking it easy, and then you've got Roy Freeman who's now going to be getting the snaps. You're always, you're, you're going to get a lot of a lot of coach speak saying he's looking a lot better, he's a lot sharper, he's come on leaps and bounds, and all the rest of it. Yada yada yada. Uh, Lee, what, what, what do you reckon about this uh, Denver backfield? Well, I, I think it's still Philip Lindsay's job. Uh, I think Royce Freeman will play the complementary role, and it'll just be the pair of them. I think I'm not not a massive believer in Devontae Booker. To be fair, um, I know that Rob, you feel that Philip Lindsay's going to have a bit of regression, and uh, you feel like Devontae Booker will probably have a bit more of a bigger role than most expect. But I don't know. I'm 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 still pretty high on Philip Lindsay. To be honest with you, um, there's obviously something there. I think he's still got the tools to succeed, even though people still have tape on him now and will maybe be able to figure him out a little bit. I think he's got the, the, the raw 
speed and and uh, elusiveness to to still make hay in the league. Yeah, man. No, Devante Booker, I mean, what? <laughs> his, his stats last season, my God, that's funny. Uh, 26 years old, he is. But, um, yeah. Uh, Robbie, are you buying any of Philip Lindsay or are you buying any of the hype from Royce Freeman? Uh, well, actually, if you, if you go to the 14yards.com uh, website, go to Articles Fantasy Football, and you can read what I think about Philip Lindsay. Uh, and that's that he's, he's not going to repeat last year, uh, not even come close. I think it's definitely going to become more of a committee. Uh, I don't mind Royce Freeman, you know. Uh, looking at him last year, everyone was saying, oh, how down he was and how he didn't wasn't, uh, wasn't very inspiring at all. Actually, you know, he ran for four yards a clip, and he got five rushing touchdowns. You know, that's not bad you know 521 yards of 130 uh, attempts you know that's that's not bad going it, it just happened so happened that Philip Lindsay completely outshone him uh, and was able to capitalize on that electric pace that, he, that Philip Lindsay's got he managed to find the holes but in the last three games of the season Philip Lindsay started to tail off because uh, I'll write this in my article I think teams start to figure players out and Philip Lindsay coming through college, the two knocks of him was his size and his turn of foot. Um, he's got sloppy feet was one of the quotes that I read from, from his college draft uh, profile. So when teams start to figure that out and start stacking the box a bit more like they did towards the end of the season, Philip Lindsay become unstuck. So I wonder if teams are going to start doing that a little bit more, which then might give Royce Freeman some more opportunities uh, to, to steal some more carries, as well as the fact that Philip Lindsay uh, has only just got back into training camp, I believe, or he's not back yet. He had wrist surgery, so it's quite a major operation for a running back. So the more time that Royce Freeman is spending in that backfield during this off-season program, the more uh, acclimated he's going to get with that offense. Uh, obviously, Joe Flacco is now in town. Um, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm low on Philip Lindsay, high on Roy, higher on Royce Freeman um, than last season, uh, but I still have Philip Lindsay just ahead in, in fantasy rankings. Yeah, the, the prices, I don't really want any part of these, of that no. backfield, to be honest. Um, Denver, I don't know if it's the Joe Flacco effect, but I'm just not really enthused by anything Denver Broncos. I think Denver, Denver Broncos are, they're, they're a young team, right? Courtland Sutton out wide and uh, Noah Fan. And the two running backs are rookies last year. They're a young team, even on defense with Bradley Chubb and all the rest. So to bring Joe Flacco in is clearly going to be a one-season wonder because next year they're going to grab, you know, a Jake Fromm or someone like that because they'll probably have a fairly early pick, I would imagine. Uh, so that's who they're going to be targeting. I don't think uh, is it who's the rookie quarterback there now? Who got drafted Drew Lock. this year? Drew. Yeah, Drew Lock. So. He, he's fairly good. He, I can envision him. He, he will be a starting quarterback in the National Football League by the end of the season. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to last all 16 games, I'll be quite honest. Um, so, yeah, they've got a young team, uh, but they're still learning and they're still not ready to take the next step into the, into the playoffs in a very tough division, don't forget. Also, don't forget, they've also got Emmanuel Sanders, who can play quarterback, through one pass last year, 28-yard touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, time to move to another backfield with lots of pieces similar to the 49ers. Uh, we move over to Washington. Uh, Darius Geis, again, another ACL uh, injury last season. Put paid to his season. Adrian Peterson stepped in beautifully well uh, for, for the majority of the season. And Chris Thompson is there and also is uh, 2019 draft pick Bryce Love. 
hop on to, to understand how this one's going to play out. I know on, on the previous podcast, I've put forward what, what I think is going to happen. But Lee, what, what, do, you, what do you fancy here in Washington? Because you know, Darius Geist is probably still going to be overdrafted in the sense that people overdrafted him last year and they can't, still want their returns. Uh, whereas Adrian Peterson is, is not, not feeling the love whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, ideal. it's ideal scenario versus actual reality, isn't it? Because obviously this is a, a backfield that suffered, you know, a lot of injuries just, you know, collectively. Obviously, we've got Darius Geis in his young career, he's still not touched the field. Peterson's a thousand years old and has had his injury problems. Bryce Love obviously had a big ACL and knee injury in college. P. Ryan has had multiple injuries and so does Chris Thompson every year. So where to go? Um, yeah, I mean, ideally, like I say, Darius Geis would take over whenever he gets back on the field and, and Peterson's kind of the placeholder to begin with. And then you've got Chris Thompson and Bryce Love sort of fighting out for sort of the receiving duties, which I would say Chris Thompson is um, kind of in the in the box seat for. Um, it's whether he can stay on the field and, and play that backup role. P. Ran will be one looking at it from the outside in, I would say. And I don't know. I mean, selecting Bryce Love in the, in the fourth kind of means that they kind of value him, but you know, not enough, obviously, to draft him any higher. So I think he's going to be maybe one to sort of uh, sit in the background and, and kind of marinate. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going anywhere near him for fantasy purposes this year. So it's kind of, you know, don't overdraft Bryce, uh, sorry, Darius, guys. And, um, you know, if you can get him sort of later on, if, you, if you're in a league that... Uh, amongst people that aren't sort of jumping on that train, you know, you might get a little bit of bargain for yourself. But if not, I'd just sort of write him off because you're a bit unsure of, of when he's actually going to see the field. Smudgy Piran, Piran just reminds me, he's like, he's like the, uh, the, the De- uh, Devontae Booker of Washington, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he just never dies. The thing. Yeah, just never seen. The, the thing about Darius Geis, obviously, you know, if you can get back to how he was at LSU, he's going to be by far the best running back on this roster and one of the better running backs in the NFL. So, you know, if you're feeling lucky, then then do overdraft him. And, you know, as long as you can get some other options in there to sort of place old for for him, you know, he's going to be he's going to be good. You know, I'd, I'd be looking to pick him up in Dynasty, definitely. Yeah, and Rob... Uh... I know a couple of weeks ago I said I think this is the case where Adrian Peterson will, will take the slack for the first couple of weeks until Geist kind of is 100% and then it's going to be a Geist uh, is, a, is a full guy. Is that how you see it in your projections? Uh, no, because Adrian Peterson came out and said he's going to rush for 2,000 yards. Did you not hear that? <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> Adrian Peterson, yeah, he came out a couple of weeks ago and said that he's going to run for 2,000 yards this year. Has someone uh, hit him with a branch? So, naturally, I have listened to him and I've slated him down for 900 yards. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that Adrian Peterson is going to be uh, the... At the end of the season, when we're sitting there and we're talking about the Washington Redskins run game, I think we're going to be talking about Adrian Peterson being the main guy yet again. But I think we talk about Darius Geis being integrated into the offence and uh, definitely picking up steam maybe towards the end of the season. Um I personally am not drafting any of these at all uh, because I don't know Chris Thompson's role. I know he obviously is a more of a receiving guy, but I don't know how much he sees in the rushing game. Um, Samaja P. Ryan, he's, I, I think he's dead to me, but I'm not quite sure. Um, and Bryce Love, let's just rewind 12 months. If we'd have gone into the draft this time last year, Bryce Love would have probably been the first running back off the board because he had a fantastic season for Stanford, I want to say. Yep. Um, and I think he rushed for something crazy like 2,300 yards or something stupid like that. I've probably got that completely wrong, so I'm not looking at it. Uh, 
this is a guy that he could be extremely explosive on his day. So again, it's just more it's murky in the water even further here because they've got sort of three good guys, two not so sure guys. Um, mm. it's, yeah, it's it's difficult. Uh, so so can I just j- jump in? I think you've just inadvertently dropped a really hot take there. Okay. So you've just said that Bryce Love would have been the first running back off the board, so he would have gone second overall. Because that's where Barkley went. Uh, yeah, sorry. So Bryce Love would have gone first yeah, no, no, overall, no, 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 everyone. No, 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 I'm joking. This time last year, he'd have been better than Josh Jacobs, what I'm saying. Yes, I was, I was joking. I was joking. Shut up, Lee. Shut up, Lee. No one, no one cares what you say, Lee. Tim, back to you. Mr. Spain, Mr. Trans again. I quit. I think it's fair to say this time next year, so middle of June 2020, I think we're, we're going to be looking forward to a third season of uh, Darius Christ hype uh, due to yeah, coming in the back end of this, uh, coming to the back end in 2019 and, uh, and impressing maybe. But um, we'll, we'll leave that. Yeah. And again, it's also a case of this time next year, if Bryce Love was being drafted, who knows where he might be drafted. <laughs> And I think we, we mentioned it on last week's pod as well. I think, you know, this, this offence isn't going to be a high, high score and prolific one. So you have to wonder how many points there are to share in that backfield anyway. So, uh, again, yeah, I think it's a case of, especially at the ADP, although I will take Adrian Peterson in the, in the double digit rounds yeah, in best ball and all, and all the rest, even if you only get half the first half of the season out of him. Uh, but there's a lot, lot, a lot of points here to share around. So, you know, it's, it's a small pie that you're one. eating from. So, um, yeah. And the golden, golden rule as well, you don't really want pieces on bad offences. No, that's true. But Jay Gruden does have a good running scheme. He does generally get sort of some production from someone. So there will be yeah, there will yeah. be something to go around. Yeah. You know, if the RS guys does come through and he's got that talent in that sort of scheme, then that could be could be really good. But it's whether the injury does permit. I will I will admit that Adrian Pearson and I have been picking up with my last pick of the draft, very very last pick in the draft because he's always available and he's a dart throw so I have been doing that uh, and just to correct my stat from earlier Bryce Love rushed for 2,118 yards and 19 rushing touchdowns in 2017 not bad that's like a top college that's in the Pac-12 which is not a bad division he, he can be unbelievable Yes, no, that's true. I think some of his athleticism has been taken away by that injury, but you know, if you can, if you can, that's obviously something that could come back in some to some degree. Um, yeah. You know, and if that is the case, then yeah, we've got some, we've got an explosive young man in our hands. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as well. Just just before we move on to wide receivers, um, if, you, if you're a redraft, I think what might be a, a, a coy way to do it this year is, you know, if you if you have a Peterson or. Uh, trade, trade for Darius Geist in the first couple of weeks of the season when he's not getting many carries, not doing much. You might be able to get him quite cheap because uh, people are giving up on him. Uh, maybe not, maybe probably more in casual leagues, but um, Geist could be like a second a second half of the season kind of championship winning running back as well. So um, that would yeah. probably be my that probably be my plan in redraft for this season. Maybe in Dynasty as well. Who see? We shall see. Also, uh, let's move over to the wide receivers I... then. Sorry, just to interrupt, just to, to make one very, very, very quick point on Bryce Love. I've just noticed something whilst uh, on the Redskins website. Um, you know how... Sorry? 
Is his last name Love? Is that what you've noticed? No, no, no. no something, something more important than that. So, you know, obviously the listeners won't know this, but in our group chat, I alerted us on the weekend that John Ross changed his number from 11 to 15. That instantly makes him a better player, so go and trade for him. Just notice that Bryce Love's wearing number 23, so he's going to be he's going to be amazing. So he's wearing the best number. Oh, electric. There we go. Bryce Love maybe would have gone plus, first plus, overall. Plus 20. Sorry? Plus, plus 23 got... It's just plus the best number. Got... It's just the best number. Is it? Yeah. Why is it the best? Michael Jordan. Alright. LeBron James. Just all good all good players wear twenty three. You can't be banned wearing number twenty three. David Beckham in Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I left that out. And Ram Yeah, I'm Ram yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a good number, it's the best number, anyway. so it makes you good. Numbers matter. Right. Numbers make you better. That's, that's why you're that's that that's why you're gonna be good because you wear number eighty five. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Reed, you're just gonna be injured all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he's 86. 86, come on. Ah, come on. Antonio I'm Gates, 85, there we go. I'm not ready for a quiz yet. <laughs> Eric, Eric, Ebron, Eric Ebron, 85, yeah, you're good. There we go, there we go. Right. Let's, let's move anyway, on. we massively uh, digressed. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Arizona, <laughs> what I've seen is a bit of change over there as well. Uh, one of the hardest probably to analyse in terms of wide receiver, you've got a new QB, you've got a new system, you've got no chemistry to go on, uh, and you've got a legend who's probably in his last season. Uh, but what you do have is you have Christian Kirk going into his second year. His current ADP is back in of the seventh. I think he'll probably be expected to take the baton from Larry Fitzgerald this season. Uh, 68 targets last year, 43 receptions, just shy of 600 yards and a couple of t- well, three TDs. Um, the aforementioned Larry Fitzgerald, uh, he's 36 in 2019, chaps, and here's the stat for you. Only 10 wide receivers uh, aged 36 or older have over 700 receiving yards in the last 20 years. Stats. And that's a stat. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Stumped us uh, there. Yeah, yeah. We are speechless. The, the silence says it all. Um, 112 targets, uh, 69 receptions, 734 last year. That's why I said that over 700 yards. Uh, 734 last year, six touchdowns. Had a slow start, uh, but showed his ev- he, how evergreen he is through the middle part of the season, going on a bit of a touchdown run. Um, so I suppose the question is, will, will Kyler Murray lean on Fitzgerald being kind of maybe his last year, being the veteran, or do you think Kyler Murray Lee will kind of not give a crap and just throw it to all four pieces here with uh, Kirk Fitzgerald, uh, Hakeem Butler, and Andy Isabella. Well, I mean, it's a little bit like what we were saying about the 49ers backfield. And like what Rob was saying, it's very much uh, different players and different skill sets. So, no, I think this is going to be spread around. Like, it's going to be a super spready offense. It's going to be spread around. And I think they're all going to get involved. I think even Kevin White could get some success in this offense. Not that I'm a massive believer in, in the offense. I'm just saying it's going to need a lot of pieces to, to be involved. So, everyone's going to have a piece of the pie. Larry Fitz. Probably won't break 700 yards, I don't think, because I think, it, like say, the, the offense is going to be spread around so much. I like Andy Isabella. I think he's going to be working out the slot. I think he's going to be working inside. I think he's going to be going deep. There's a lot of vertical aspects this offense. So it's going to suit those quick receivers and those tall receivers. So I'm liking uh, Andy Isabella. I'm liking Hakeem Butler. Christian Kirk should be pretty decent in one of the slots. And yeah, Larry Fitzgerald will be the other one, being the big slot. So yeah, no, it's good for everyone, I would say. As long as Kyler can not be destroyed on every play and die. And they'll have to play Brett Huntley. And Rob, surely, you know, obviously we don't know, you know, it's kind of like the pie, like we like talking about pies on this podcast, but I think, <laughs> I think with this Arizona um, and Kyler Murray, the pie is kind of in, concealed in a box that you can't see how big the pie is, but surely there's not, there's not a world where all these players can be, can be fantasy relevant, um, 
you know, you're getting, you're getting a fair bit of, of value in this draft, but I suppose yeah, you, you could hit the jackpot and one of these guys could be uh, kind of, again, a championship winner. But who, who do you fancy in the prices? Obviously, Kirk at the back of the seventh, Fitzgerald uh, start of the eighth, so they're going near, near each other. Butler and Isabella going, obviously, double digits. Um, or is it just kind of a steer clear for, for redraft or, and just a best ball kind of um, option? Okay, a couple of points to pick up on. First of all, please stop talking about pie because I'm on Sydney World and every time you mention pie, my stomach rumbles just a little bit louder and I don't want that to come across on the microphone, so please stop. Um, now, second point, uh, uh, Lee, a question for you. Um, which college did Christian Kirk go to? He went to Texas A&M. And in 2015, which quarterback was at Texas A&M? That would be Mr. Kyler Murray. Indeed. And do you know how many yards Christian Kirk went for that year? I do not. No. No. I I guess I guess I mean I guess he went over a thousand. Yeah, just over a thousand, seven touchdowns. So to pick up on your point you said about the chemistry, I think there is a bit of chemistry, Tim, between uh, Carter Murray and Christian Kirk. It'd be interesting to see if they can rekindle some of that Texas A and M two thousand and fifteen love that they had for each other. Uh, so for that reason, I think Christian Kirk is going to be the standout wide receiver in Arizona. Uh, however, is he worth a... Do you say he's going in the back of the seventh? Is that where he's going right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, let me just pull up my rankings. I think he will be worth it. Um, sorry, uh, give me two seconds. Uh, <laughs> I've got him down as 792 yards, six touchdowns, which puts him at wide receiver 36. So... Yeah, a little bit high for me. I think I'd probably be looking to target him in around the ninth round. Mm. Yeah, I'm just trying to see where what. Uh, obviously, I told you the rounds, but I'm also now struggling to find him in um, fantasy football cover, which is great. Oh, there we go. <laughs> he, he, yeah, pick eight, pick eighty six. I'm just going to do that down to, to wide receivers and see what wide receiver he's coming off as. Um, yeah, and I, I, I take your point there about uh, Texas A and M stuff, but. Uh, I, I think wide receiver thirty-three off the board. Wide receiver thirty-three, and what did I have about wide receiver thirty-six? So I'm three points behind. So see, I'm nailed on. <laughs> uh, I think they start to fade out. Larry Fitzgerald, the legend that he's been, but I think he is there purely to sort of groom these uh, these rookies through into the NFL and to, to sort of show them the ways of the road. And yeah, Hakeem Butler, as we know from a few shows ago, I was a big Hakeem Butler fan, not a massive fan of where he's landed, uh, but I think talent-wise, he was one of my favourite wide receivers coming into to the draft. Uh, so I think out of the out of Kevin White, Andy Isabella and Chad Williams, who's still there, I think uh, Hakeem Butler is, is the guy who will probably take the sort of second, uh, second biggest uh, target share. Some guys, some guys going around about, around Christian Kirk. Then uh, Rob, Christian Kirk or Alan Robinson? Uh, probably Alan Robinson. I think Chicago yeah. take a bit of a step up this year. Okay, Christian Kirk or Dante Pettis? Dante Pettis all day long. I'm all on that train. <laughs> and Christian Kirk or Jordan Allison? Uh, so there's a lot of hype about John O'Malley at the minute, but I've never bought it because he's injury prone. So I'm going to say Christian Kirk. Okay. And finally, Christian Kirk or Golden Tate? <laughs> oh, that's tight because I have got them back to back in my rankings. Um, yeah, I've got I've got Christian Kirk 36, Golden Tate 37, Alan Robinson 35. Uh, 
So yeah, I'll go I'll go Kirk, but it's very 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 tight. In fact, <laughs> unbelievably. Uh, so what I do is my stat-based projection. So like I said, with Christian Kirk, whatever stats I had him at, uh, that works out at 180.4 PPR points. And Golden Tate I have as 180.4 PPR points. They are exactly the same for me. There you go. The reason I brought the Giants and the Packers up is they're the next two teams on the list. We'll go to the Giants, so just bear with me while I get my puke bucket out. There's a big pie to be had. OBJ going to pastures new over in Cleveland. Sterling, Sterling Shepard seems to be uh, kind of the next man up at nine, start of the ninth round for Sterling Shepard, the Golden Tate going the back end of the eighth. Um, I suppose it's those two, and then any any kind of combination of Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, and Corley Coleman, surely not. Um, I think it's fair to say that Evan Ingram and, and Saquon Barkley are going to be the leading receivers in receptions in this team uh, going into 2019. But uh, Lee, can we can we get behind Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate at all? Sterling Shepard more than Golden Tate, I would say. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I, I, it was always a bit of a baffling trade, wasn't it, that New York made for Golden Tate? Because obviously Golden Tate's best in the slot, and then they've got a really good slot receiver in Sterling Shepard. And I don't really see a, a, a circumstance where either of them sort of plays out wide. So yeah, a bit of a weird one. Um, like you say, I think Evan Ingram's the sort of best receiver on this team and he's not a wide receiver, so that says a lot, doesn't it, about their wide receiver room? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Barkley obviously, um, I think he broke the rookie record, didn't he, for receptions and he's a running back. Um, so again, I, I think it'll be more of the same <laughs> this season. So I suppose, Rob, um, in terms of fantasy, he's kind of a no-go because this passing offence, uh, maybe it might change if Daniel Jones comes in, but that's something we can't really predict. <laughs> oh, sorry. This season. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't contain that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> in a universe somewhere, that will happen. Some parallel universe. Yeah. Um, yeah like, but like I say, Sterling Shepard and Gonte, it's, it's going to be a low, um, a low potency in terms of passing attack. It's going to be through Barkley. It's going to be through Engram and, and, and the run game, maybe. But uh, can we? Can you get behind Sterling Shepard ninth round? Actually, I can. I've got surprisingly. Uh, I'm actually quite high on Sterling Shepard. He's a top 25 receiver at the moment for me. And it's mainly because he's coming off a season where he had his uh, season uh, career high in targets, 107, to career high in receptions in 66, career high in yards, 872, 13.2 yards per reception is his, is his best. The only thing he was down on was his touchdowns, which well, he had four touchdowns last year. In his rookie year for the New York Giants, he had eight. So... This is a guy that's proven that he can do it at the Giants. He's a guy that Eli Manning has made fantasy relevant. And I think people forget that. And now OBJ's gone. I think it opens up a lot of air targets for, for Sterling Shepard. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he improves on that 107 targets and 66 receptions. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think maybe I'm being a bit naive, but I, I think that he can have a good season. I've got him down as... Uh, yeah, 111, uh, 111 targets uh, and a sort of a shade over 900 yards, five touchdowns. So not massive numbers, but I think he's relevant enough to to, to warrant being on, on a, a WR2 in fantasy, maybe WR, a fringe WR3 flex. 
Yeah, I mean, what I was going to say was, you know, when you're getting people like Sonia Shepard in the ninth round and go and take the back of the ninth round, this is where your flex position is going to go in, or this is where you're maybe your first your, your first player on the bench, second player on the bench in the space. It's not bad, a bad compliment if you've got yeah. a passing line-up already, not a bad uh, guy to, to switch in out. The only problem is with, with Sonia Shepard, I know he's not volatile. He's just, he just seems to me like it's going to be quite volatile just because of the passing attack and what they're likely to do on those offense. Again, similar to, to Arizona, we don't know how potent they're going to be, how many points there are to, to share amongst the wide receivers. And I say it's more of an Ingram Barkley. Uh, Barkley's going to get a hell of a lot of stuff in the red zone, I think, this season. Um, but yeah, and Ingram probably does does the rest. And uh, with, with Shepard maybe not going in the slot as much because Golden Tate is there, just, just wonder what the ceiling is there for Shepard. But again, if he's your second, second or third player on the bench, uh, not not too bad. Seems not going to be in in bad shape at all. Yeah. Um, last one then. Let's move over to Green Bay again. Quite a quite a crowded wide receiving core here, and there's probably loads of different camps looking for loads of different people. It's like the uh, the Tory leadership vote, isn't it? I think. Um, but yeah, one one thing that isn't uh, in doubt is Devonte Adams back into the first round in fantasy draft. In draft. Uh, Rob, he was your clear number one fantasy wide receiver in for 2019. But I suppose it's more about who's going to get the supporting role. There are some spare targets. Randall Cobb going, obviously, to Dallas. He's looking hot, actually, in training camp with him and Dak Prescott. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> get, get on that. Um, that is... No, that connection, mate. That connection is there. But anyway, moving on. That's one time. Um, John Allison currently going in the middle of, round, middle of the eighth round. Probably the de facto number two. Uh, got injured last year, uh, only played five games, can't really look too much at his numbers, but it seems to be every year that he, you know, even the year before, he was hyped up to say uh, he's going to step forward now and it's the same again this season. Uh, you've got Marquez, Valdez, Scanlon, um, had the most targets of the remainder of these guys, you know, EQ, Ekelemi, Sim Brown, Jake Krumer and, and all the rest of them. Uh, Fashed in a few games last season, did Valdez, Scanlon, 73 targets, but just 38 receptions, which is, which is pretty poor, just a smidgen over 50% and a couple of the touchdowns as well. Uh, I'd say Equinemius Sim Brown probably has the most hurdles uh, to see some targets and relevance in fantasy. But if one of the guys that I said goes down, it's, he'll probably be a waiver wire pickup like he was last year. Uh, Lee, unfortunately uh, for, for us and Green Bay, you know the number two wide receiver will have relevance in, in fantasy football in 2019, uh, just because Aaron Rodgers can do that, and that's what he does and elevates the levels of of those players. But who who's it going to be? What's, what's the pecking order? Well, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers uh, as a Marquez Valdez-Scantling owner that it'll be him. You know, like you say, his, uh, his drop percentage does, does scare me a little bit. Um, obviously, if that can improve, then that can Im- you know improve his fortunes and probably his feeling from number 12 as well, because we know that Aaron Rodgers has got a bit of a, a, a reputation for getting on the young receiver's back if they're not, not pulling the weight and not bringing the passes. Um, you know, I think Equinemius St. Brown has sort of fell foul of that as well. So, I mean, it's a, it's wide open, isn't it? You know, we've got Al- Alan Lazard as well, who came over from Jacksonville. And I think he used to be a tight end. So, he could be sort of that big-bodied presence on the outside as well. So, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be Valdez Scantling. But really, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I'm i going to say I don't know on this one. This is this is beyond me. Um, they're all sort of neck and neck. And Rob, you obviously have Adams clear-cut number one. So, you're saying that he gets a big... Uh, a big portion of the of the market share, and everyone else is kind of you know fine over the scraps. So uh, yeah, Adams is the vulture, and uh, everyone else is kind of all the crows after picking the picking the bits off the bone. Because obviously you've got Jimmy Graham there as well. He actually had a lot more targets than I thought he had uh, last season, and they've just just signed Michael Roderick Roberts. 
um, after avoided by being avoided by the Pats, then the Lions trade that was a bit of a weird one. And obviously they've, they've got Jason Sternberg as well, who they traded, they traded, who they picked in the, in the draft this year as well. So, uh, is it a case of too many cooks spoiling the broth for, for everyone else apart from Devontae Adams? Well, don't forget Mercedes Lewis is there as well, and he always he's always good for a three touchdown game now and again. Uh, yeah, no, for me. To, I can't wait for our bold predictions uh, because I think Devonta Adams is going to set records this year. <laughs> I really do. I really do. I think Aaron Rodgers uh, absolutely loves Devonta Adams and provided Aaron Rodgers is back to 100% because he wasn't last year, that's why he stunk. Um, providing he's back to 100%, he, his main target is just, yeah, he's going to hit the roof and um, yeah, that's... That's my take on Devon Adams. Uh, that's how much I, I love him. Uh, Jordan Allison, quite contrary. I, I don't love Jordan Allison. I never have done. I can understand the hype. I can understand that he's talented. I think before he went down last season, he was on pace for over a thousand yards. Uh, and, and Rogers does like throwing to him, but the problem is he can't stand the field. Thirty out of fifty-four games, I think it is. That's all he's played in. Jordan Allison. He's not. You cannot rely on him. If you're going to turn around and tell me that Devon Freeman. Is injury prone, and Jordan Allison is bloody injury prone as well. So I can't trust him. That's why I think Marquez Valdez Scanlon is the guy that steps up to be that pivotal second wide receiver. Yes, Rob, that's what we like to hear. I do. I, I love <coughs> EQ. I've I, I, obviously been a Notre Dame fan. Uh, EQ is. Uh, I, I loved his talent coming out of college, and I, I, I still believe there is a there is a, a future where EQ is a good receiver in the NFL. Uh, but I don't think it's this season. I think Marquez Valdez Scanton will be that guy. And, and as we know from from years past, the wide receiver two in in, the, in Green Bay is fantasy relevant. So yeah, I'm with you, Lee. I think uh, I mean MVS is going to be the guy to own uh, past uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think the running theme here for for all the things that we've gone through, for the majority of them, is they're going to be a lot obviously a lot safer in best ball, in best ball because you don't have to pick the weeks that the um, these lesser lesser guys or you know, the wide receiver twos or the running back twos in the committees need to, to, to take off. So I suppose you know if you, if you had to sum up what we're talking about here, you you just take everyone in best ball. <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I really liked Monty Adams this year. Just you know, if you're if you're the back end of the first, he's a great guy to pick up in the you know, early second and pairing with like a David Johnson or a Joe Mixon as well. So not a bad start whatsoever. Um, that, that pretty much is going to wrap us up for the running backs and the wide receivers. You know, some committees there. I hope you uh, hope that kind of uh, cleared cleared the way a little bit and gave you a bit more information, insight into who could perhaps uh, come to the fore in 2019. But now it's time to go to the quiz and. Um, like I say, we managed to tie down Anthony, so we put 10 questions to him. Let's see how we did. Okay, here we go. Full 10 questions time. Installment three of the second season of the full 10 questions. And if you listen to last week's podcast, we said that we were going to tie down Anthony uh, to a chair and make him do the quiz. And that's what we've been able to do. We've been able to keep, <laughs> been able to keep him on and he's, he's, he's reluctantly agreed to, to do the quiz. Anthony, what's your, what's your general knowledge uh, like for, for American football? It is very hit and miss. It is very hit and miss. If you ask me, if you ask me what, what foot and what hand a player in the Texas prefers, I can tell you that. But I don't know. <laughs> A lot of the time, especially with the older stuff, it is very hit and miss. Yeah, um, yeah. I say we, we, there's a Britball question in here as well, so I'm not quite sure if you know much about Britball, but we we shall see. We shall see. Um, right, 
Okay, with that being said, if you want to get in touch with Anthony, say he uh, covers the Houston's, uh, the, the, the Texans, te- um, Texans Wire, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah, Texans Wire, USA Today. Yep, and you can get in touch with him at ARWood NFL on the Twitter. But we'll get right into it, Anthony, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get right into it. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely, go for it. Okay, I'll count you in, I'll start the clock in three, two, one. What number, question one, what number does tight end Jimmy Graham wear? 88. Uh, question two, name any running back drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals in 2019. Oh, pass. I can't remember. <laughs> question three, name any team that Dallas have defeated in the Super Bowl. Bills. Uh, question, oh, this is a good question. How about this? Uh, name any head coach for the Houston Texans except Bill O'Brien. Gary Kubiak. <laughs> question five in a half point PPR league Antonio Brown ranked as which wide receiver in 2018 number two or number four I'm going to go four question six name oh Jesus name any team that wide receiver Andre Johnson played for <laughs> Houston <laughs> question seven in Britball name any team that plays in the Premiership North oh I have no idea that, that is fine. Question eight. Name, complete the name of this college team. Clemson? Tigers. Question uh, nine. Which player had this career path? Drafted by Arizona in 2014, was at Baltimore last year and is currently with the Buffalo Bills. 2014. Oh, shoot. Amandola? Okay, question. No. Question 10, we have to take That's terrible. <laughs> within <laughs> within 5,000, what is the capacity of Pittsburgh Steelers' home stadium, Heinz Field? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go for 60,000. Okay, stop the clock. How do you think you did? That Amadola was a terrible guess. That was awful. <laughs> we, shall, we shall go. We didn't do too bad, actually, from what I, from what I remember. Um, tight end, Jimmy Graham wears number 80 for the Packers. Uh, okay, there we go. Off to a good start. <laughs> Question two: Any running backs drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals this year in this year's draft? Uh, there were two. You could have had Rodney Anderson or Travion Williams. I think they picked them back to back. Actually, oh no, that might have been uh, Miami. I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, they were later round quarterbacks. Uh, name any team that Dallas have defeated in the Super Bowl. Question three: uh, You could have had Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo Bills, Denver, and Miami. So congratulations on that one. I got something right there. You yeah, go. absolutely. Question four, uh, name any, any head coach uh, for the Houston Texans. That was a slam dunker, wasn't it? Uh, do, you want, <laughs> do you want to have a go at the other, th- the other two? Oh, I can't remember. The, the very first coach, I've completely forgotten. I know the GM at the time was Charlie Cassidy, but I cannot remember for the life of me who the coach was. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and save myself from embarrassing myself too much on this and leave, <laughs> leave that one there. It was uh, Dom Capers and Wade Phillips. Thank you. That was it. Uh, question five uh, in half point PPR leagues, Antonio Brown ranked at which wide receiver? Two or four? What did you say? Two? Four. They yeah, said four, yeah, that's the correct answer, so that's good. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, Andre Johnson, of course, Houston Texans, another slam dunker there. You could also have yeah. Indian, Indian Titans Adams. or Colts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, AFC, uh, AFC South, a loyalty card. They nearly punched all four holes in there, didn't he? <laughs> um, there you go. Just, uh, just, just the Jacksonville ones he didn't, didn't do. Uh, Britball, uh, Britball Premiership North, obviously a bit different, difficult for you across the pond there. But Edinburgh Wolves, Tamworth Phoenix, Manchester Titans, Sheffield Giants, uh, Leicester Falcons, and the Merseyside Nighthawks. 
Uh, question eight, the college team was, of course, the Clemson Tigers. Nice, easy one there. Yeah. Uh, question nine, the career path, Arizona in 2014, Baltimore last year, currently the Buffalo Bills. Of course, John Smokey Brown. We talked oh, about, for God's sake. Yeah. Talked, talked about him on last week's podcast as well. Uh, yeah, we did. And uh, finally, within 5,000, what's the capacity of Heinz Field? You went 60,000, didn't you? Yes. Uh, 68,400. So just, oh, a, just, I mean, come on. Just a wee bit out on there, unfortunately. <laughs> but I can say you got one, two, three, four. Hang on, one, two, three, four. You got, you got five. You got five. I'm not a pub quiz guy, but I, I'll take that for now. Yeah. That's decent. I'm just that that amadola was terrible. I don't know what I was thinking there. Five, five in one minute twenty. One minute twenty. He's a, yeah. I, I can live with that. Yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby indeed. But uh, yeah, but Anthony, appreciate you uh, being tied to the chair to, to answer some 10, 10 NFL questions. But, yeah. No, of course. And actually, you mentioned obviously uh, Brickball. I used to play briefly in the UK. I played a um, little shout out here to the Maidstone Pumas. Ooh, there you go. Any Maidstone Pumas listening? Terrible. I was terrible. I, was, I only played the youth team because I had too many uh, injury problems in the end that ended up, plus I had to move here in the end. But mm. uh, I was a receiver for their youth team for a couple of years. So there you go. There you go. Lovely stuff. We're going to say appreciate you uh, joining us, obviously, on last week's podcast as well, Anthony, but for, for, the, for the quiz as well. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, great. Thank you very much for having me on. Okay, the five out of ten there for Anthony. One minute 29. The time was good. Just uh, just missing one question there, correct? And he would have joined David Davenport at the top and would have beaten him by six seconds on the timer as well. More of that next week. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us and get on the quiz, you can do so. Go to 410yards.com. Use the contact form there on the homepage. And let us know you want to go on the quiz and we'll, we'll get you on. They say it's open to listeners, it's open to other podcasts. Anyone, anyone that fancies to put in their knowledge to the quest, maybe you know someone out there that thinks they know it all, give them a nudge, get them to come on and we'll put them, we'll put them in their place. Because uh, <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say, ladies and, uh, and, and Lee and, and Rob, that uh, no one's going to get 10 out of 10. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to keep hopeful that someone will get there. I, 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 again, bold prediction show. I'm going to predict that I'm going to get 10 out of 10 this year. I fancy it. <laughs> Yeah, you fancy it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to Kickers Mountain Podcast, actually. They've been doing some fun little, fun little games on their podcast. Really, really enjoying those. Uh, go check those out, actually. As, a, as a, someone who likes to set the questions, some of those have been, have been quite good to watch as well. So shout out to you, boys. Um, also, we're going to shout out some more 14 Yard stuff now. And you, um, a, lot, a lot of articles still coming through. Lee, you obviously put up another post yesterday uh, about draft, draft Deja Vu. Do you want to tell us all about it? Uh, yeah, that was today. Um, uh, yes. Uh, I wink, wink. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like the cow at the back, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it's, to, Wednesday, it's Wednesday somewhere. Yeah, to yeah, yesterday I, yeah, I did. I put out a draft deja vu. Uh, second one of the series. Five. I'm gonna do a five part series. Uh, this one was on Texas wide receiver Colin Johnson, uh, who big fan of. He's kind of a. He's going to stand out in this wide receiver class because, one, he's very good, and second of all, he's very tall, where all the other wide receivers are kind of a little bit undersized. To be honest. A lot of the good wide receivers are kind of six foot, six foot one. There's no sort of big big wide receivers in the conjunct and six foot six, so he's definitely going to stand out in, in many ways in this wide receiver uh, class. So, yeah, go over there, go over to Full 10 Yards, go over to the college page and have a little gander. There's a bit of video content that I've managed to put together, and uh, if you like that... Go back to last week's and have a look at Bryce Hall, uh, the Virginia cornerback, and then there'll be three more coming your way in the coming weeks. Yeah, really good series there. A lot of good, lot of good work there. Uh, Rob, a couple of fantasy ones that have come out recently as well, most recent being uh, the jury's out on Dak Prescott. 
yes, the jury's out on Dak Prescott is up on the website now, being Wednesday. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right in front of me, so I will best... I've just got to edit some bits out of it. Then, yes, that's going to live. So it's me versus Lawrence. Uh, we are pro and against uh, Dak Prescott. You'd have to read out, read it to find out who. Uh, but obviously, I win that conversation anyway. So, uh, but no. Uh, in all seriousness, it's a really good article. So go check that out. Um, and also, uh, just I did mention earlier as well, my deep, deep, deep sleepers article part one is up the web on the website, uh, and part two will be coming within the next week. I hope. Yeah, and just to mention, obviously, I mentioned last week's podcast that I was going to do uh, an AFC South um, article on someone that's going to be in the doldrums for a little while. I'm still writing it. I'm still uh, a thousand words in, uh, and I've not even really got to the crux of it yet, so it's going to be a big, big article. Nice. Like it. Yeah, it's going to be a good It's going to be good in all bases, and so hopefully I'll be with you uh, towards the end of this week, uh, hoping to get that out. So I want to make sure I get get my point across properly and get all the stuff in there that needs to be in there. So yeah, just kind of putting that together nice nicely as well so look out for that kind of a little bit so Britball Roundup obviously don't forget to check out our Britball podcast on Monday that's it in the show and don't forget Thomas has his weekly roundup that was out yesterday for uh, the Britball you, all your scores and um, say he'll do that every week and if there's anyone out there any coaches any players want to come on and talk about their team or talk about the season uh, we'd love to have you on keen to grow the Britball side of things in the full 10 yards get in touch with us at full 10 yards uh, at F10Y Britball on the social media uh, and obviously, finally off the uh, uni bracket, Saints versus Bills, 30 minutes left on that. So by the time uh, you listen to this podcast, that vote's probably finished. But uh, the good news is the Lions versus the Broncos will probably be up on the website as well. So go and check that out. We're going to go and crown the best univer- the uniform in the NFL. Like I say, lots of things going on there. So well worth a follow over on Twitter at Full 10 Yards. You can get me at Tim underscore Monk 85, Lee at Wakefield 90 and Rob at FF Britballer. That's going to pretty much round us up here for Full 10 Yards this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to don't forget to join us on Twitter, follow us and subscribe, rate, review. We really appreciate any help that you can do with that. And so keep your eyes peeled for bonus podcasts coming over the next couple of weeks as well. A couple of people lined up. Hopefully uh, you enjoy all of those. But until then, we'll speak to you next time. Take care of yourselves. It's uh, goodbye from Rob. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Lee. See you on the slide, people. And it's goodbye from me. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Speak to you next week in the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.